yeah, I wanted to book you on this uh, show that I do. It's that basement show. There's no mic, no chairs, and unfortunately, this time around, I can't pay you, but there is a buffet. Cops retirement party. I got no room for you to stay in, but there's free drinks. You wouldn't mind uh, hiding out for about a half hour, 45 minutes until the uh, birthday girl gets there, would ya? Wondering if you'd like to do comedy uh, on a boat. Not a very big boat, kind of just like a real boat. Really, it's just a canoe. Let me know if you want to do the gig. Hey, so we're on with Dan Bulger. He's amazing. I'm supposed to write an intro for these things, but I mean, I guess I'd just say about Dan is he's a hell of a guy. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met. I think that's probably about all you need to know. He still resides in Boston, which is smart, uh, I think, because you can get stage time. But, and, but, uh, well, it's the one oasis of non-corona in the country. Too. Yeah, no shit. I mean... Well, it's 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 an oasis of intelligence, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it just happens to be where all the colleges and scientists are. Yeah, it's like who 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 knew? Who saw yeah, that yeah. coming? Yeah, all the places <laughs> where Kid Rock owns bars and clubs. <laughs> I know Florida. Florida's in trouble. Like, oh no, those are Fred Durst bars. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoy seeing some people actually at those bars. Like they've never left. Uh, you know, they're, they're still showing up. Like if you check out bar cams and stuff like that, I forget who it is on Instagram that just posts like a constant flow of people just showing up to this, like one bar in North Carolina or whatever. It's fucking hilarious. I saw, uh, how are you uh, getting along, Dan? I saw tables outside of Denny's just, just so we're all on the same page of how yeah, right. people are valuing their lives. But Dan, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've never been better. I was never very social to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing a little bit of golf. I go to an occasional driving range if it ain't too busy. Oh, nice. And I drink probably two liters of iced coffee a day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Uh, yep. Right here. Bulger, I don't know if I've ever actually talked to you about golf, but, you know, I, I heard rumors that you're, you're – I mean, I, I don't know if there's any argument. You're probably the best comedy golfer there is. Harrison Stepp, real good. Oh yeah, yeah. Is he is he considered a comedian? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I love Harris. I I haven't seen Harrison in fucking a dog's age, but uh, I really appreciate that. Maintained like being still being pretty good while basically having quit. Yeah, mm. so he kind of comes out of retirement from time to time. Work every now and then. Yeah. Are you still doing comedy at this like? Right now, Bulger? I'm doing a show tomorrow okay. for Laugh. That'll be the second show I've done. I did a backyard. Okay. So the um, Laugh show, is it, a, is it an outside show? Yeah, they're outside. I think we're going to get thundered out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. ACDC is going to be there. You're, you're getting <laughs> heck. Five and a half minutes for it to be an official show. Yeah. It's, it's like being heckled from God. Right. Do you think that that is a sign oh, that you like being heckled from God? <laughs> that we've we've done quite a few shows together that have been uh, nightmarish. But right now, with the shows being back, I mean, do you find how do you feel? Do you feel safe at all? Yeah, I guess. I don't really care if I die. <laughs> That's evident. So, You've been actively seeking it out for years now. 
Well, I've found a way to atheistically figure out what most religions try to get to, which is to yeah. just not get if you die. Yeah, right. In fact, it's almost like, I think you almost have like a Viking mentality where you, there's like, you know, the halls of Valhalla are waiting for you. Uh, I thought you were going to say I was a surprisingly good planter. <laughs> the Vikings you know that of the, yeah, that's true. Warriors, but planters as well. Uh, no, I just, I mean, I just remember you back in the day, like scaling fences. All the blood was a good fertilizer. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry I talked over that. Sounded funny. Hard to do that on Zoom. <laughs> uh, I'll try and keep my mouth shut more. Um, yeah, so anyway, this this show is generally about awful uh, performance, like shows you've had. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. I guess this is kind of a kickoff, but Bulger, you are known for like kind of leaving phones and cabs in Canada and like, you know... <laughs> Just like you, you know, multiple reminders, like people always give you shit. I mean, I find it hilarious, but have you, has there ever been a show that's been awful as a direct result of your actions? Uh, uh, aside from drinking, no. <laughs> well, what about the drinking? Has that ever been like, I mean, has oh, it yeah. ever led to absolute yeah. disaster? Give us, give us one of those stories. It derailed my entire career. Oh, wow. There was one time at Nix, it was my birthday and I showed up and I couldn't like, when I went on, I just couldn't remember the ends of any of my jokes. I couldn't remember like the beginning. So I, I, I just told the joke I had told like a million times. I think I had done it on TV. I was like, yeah, I don't know how it ends. And then I would, but for some reason I could nail the beginnings of them. Right. You had all the setups. All the setups were perfect. And then Unbelievable. I, look, I would love to, this is all I like doing, but I, I currently just can't do it. Right. That's almost, I mean, that sounds like an actual nightmare that somebody would have, not let alone a nightmare gig. It sounds like something you would wake up from and be like, yeah. oh, I hope that never happens. I suppose that the, when I went to Florida when I was like 20 with Shane Moss, I mean, just being boneheaded and not knowing things, we had to do like laundry after a week and i i don't even think i'd ever used the laundromat before i was like hey shane free detergent and i just bleached everything i owned oh my god <laughs> so i went on stage and i could see like i had like seven minutes i had to do a half oh and wow like a bowl cut and i'm in all bleach <laughs> i remember <laughs> when you guys were going on that trip was that at mcgurdy's yeah on guys, uh, on on tamiami trail yeah, yeah. Oh, you, did you guys do that in Florida? We never did it. No, no, we never did it. I, I'm sure we would have bombed. I but, can't uh, imagine how bad I bombed. It's uh, it's not Clearwater. It's in um. I had I had sex with a girl on a beach after a oh. show from the crowd. It was the night Saddam Hussein got hung. Oh my God! That's one way to celebrate. <laughs> what an what interesting you... diary entry. Yeah, you must have done well. If there was some <laughs> some gal was like, hey, they just or she maybe she was just excited that they had hung Saddam. Just bleached clothes, got laid, Saddam. Yeah, dead. yeah. She's like, I'm gonna go fuck this cult member. <laughs> <laughs> the bowl cut and the bleached fucking jeans. 
I, I started when uh, I was young, you were young, uh, we're both New England boys, and uh, you, were, you were hitting uh, as I had kind of resigned to the fact that comedy could actually be a career. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck, this guy is, uh, I saw him a week ago at a, a shitty open mic, and now he's, he's crushing the festival, and you won the Boston Comedy Festival, and uh, that opened a lot of doors. Congratulations. Did, uh, <laughs> 2006, I believe. Um, it was great. I, I was there. Yeah. Never, here, you gotta and make it recent. You you uh, you told me like you got a lot of doors opened and stuff like that, and you started doing shows. Did you? Uh, and, and this is before, because at the time you weren't headlining or anything. You were. I I wasn't even featuring. Right. So you got. And then I, I would go host for people. And they would tell me I was so bad at hosting to just call me when you have a half, half an hour and I'll just feature you. Wow. What made you so bad at hosting, Dan? I, I couldn't remember anybody's names. Like once I had, I was so hard to remember my own jokes. Yeah. That like half the time, like one time I brought, I, I hosted for Mist and Gallman. Yeah. And the studio, this was my roommate, and I forgot his fucking name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ha- I suffer from that same problem. We, you and I must have, like, a sem- similar, like, um, memory problems, because I oh, could who? never remember my bits. Like, I could never yeah. mem- remember the, um, the order. Like, I knew, yeah. I knew the bits, but I didn't know, like, what came next. And I was really bad at that, and I would, I would like, write these notes. I would always, my trick was always, like, the napkin with the drink. And then you go yeah. take a sip of a drink and then you're like, you're like looking down at the notes and yeah. going, what's next? And it yeah, never helped me. The real trick is to have more time than what you've been asked to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that you'll remember that amount of time's worth of stuff, right? Right, right. The real trick is not to agree to do the exact amount of time you have. But to, to your thing about names, like I've forgotten... I was thinking about that today. Actually, I was just reading about uh, Donald Glover and I forgot his name once. Like his whole family came to see him at the improv and they were like all in t- like, I don't think they all lived in LA, but they all came in and it was like his mom was there. And I was yeah. so nervous because it was like, he was like the next big thing. And I should have known his name. Like they, they put him on our show to give him a showcase because our show was like, you know, getting good out, out here in LA. And I, and I remember being like geared up for it. I was like, oh, this guy's con- like being considered for Saturday Night Live and like all this stuff. And then when it came time to introduce him, I did that thing where you lead up, where you do the intro and you're like, this next guy's amazing. I oh, gave his credits. Yeah. And then I was just like, uh, uh, like that, that's my, one of my worst fears when it comes to comedy is forgetting the guy's name. Cause I'm like, oh. I actually consider myself a good host. And I'm like, oh, you guys are the best hosts ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved hosting shows. I mean, I was the guy, unlike you, I mean, I guess people were kicking you off the host duties, but I would always be like, I'll host. I'd be at the back yep. and I'd be like, no one wants to host. I'll do it. I felt like it made you better because you you had to pay attention to the show. I, I don't think it's unlucky to be a good host because now people are going to ask you to do it. Right. Yes. It's the hardest job. It's the most amount of work, the least amount of paying, and everybody needs it. It's and yes. once once you get labeled a good host, people are like, "Oh, just fucking have that guy do everything." Because it's like it's, even Jimmy Fallon, who's famous as a host, right. is only doing it because he failed as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Fever I mean, Pitch was good. Come on, <laughs> um, Dan. I was, do you... I was at Fenway when they did Fever Pitch, and Drew Barrymore had to run. 
from uh, the dugout to home uh, home plate like four times. Yeah, Oof. they ruined our World Series championship. Dan, um, do you, hang on, I, I, but what was the worst what? one that you what worst name that you forgot, <laughs> and what was the scenario? I opened uh, it was me a college humor show. Okay, <laughs> and Mince. Okay, uh, and Camille Nagiani headlined it. Uh huh. And he wasn't famous yet. I don't yeah. even Silicon Valley or nothing hadn't happened. So he's like, listen, people fuck up my name all the time. Just whatever you say, just say it with confidence. Yeah. And I eat it. I fucking eat it horribly. The shit was really hard. It was a technical school. So this was all dudes. Oh, boy. And it was on the right side was everybody 21 and under. And then it was a row of palm, fake palm trees directly in front of you in the middle of the stage going down it and then to the left of that was just drunk kids oh wow we got free keg and a hard gig. everybody kind of ate it but so i do like my time between mince and and camille and i go oh man this guy is the fucking best uh he's uh doing all these college humor shows whatever he's uh, pakistan everybody <laughs> feel Ah, fuck. <laughs> I say, sorry, dude. And then he goes on to no applause. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I love... like a face plant. Like you're going <laughs> off the bike jump and you just go boop. You go like awesome. right over everything. And then when I did the one with List and Goldman, but my intro for List was, uh, oh, this guy is the best, man. This guy's been traveling the whole country, you know, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and then for Goldman, I said, Oh, this guy is my favorite comedian ever. He just had an HBO special on Comedy Central. Everybody, <laughs> and he shakes my hand and he just whispers, You're the worst. <laughs> I, so I love, I always enjoy talking to you. I always love hearing things uh, from you directly, but even more so, I love hearing things about you. Because the yes. myth, the myth of Dan Bulger, um, of what he does, always excites me. It's always silly, and I'm always like, "God damn it, I love it." Uh, and there, there's one thing that I had heard, and I don't know if the gig was hellish, but I know the scenario made you uh, very weird. Would you be able to tell us uh, the time you thought you were opening for Joel McHale? I completely forgot this happened. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> so, where the fuck? Oh, yeah. So, I had opened for Joel McHale a couple <laughs> times. I opened for him in Toronto, in some place, Casino Rama, that okay. had, uh, that had, we got a $300 per day per diem at the oh, place. Oh, wow. Couldn't get any booze because the week before George Lopez had shit his pants in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, great I do the gig I drive like 14 hours or something north of Toronto I drive home uh, and then like a month later I was like oh maybe I'll open for him again he's another good dude I get an email that says read Joe McHale uh-huh. and it was one fun benefit at Berkeley mm. which is I think the best room in Boston like comedy play the fucking unreal for anything the- Berkeley Performance Arts Center? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's where the so was, uh, Comedy Festival finals were held. 
right? No, that's oh, Emerson, I think. Oh, Emerson. Oh, no. no. Well, they must have moved around. Louis Chewed Up special is filmed there. So. Okay. And yep. it's yeah, fucking yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got an email, read Joe McHale. I'm a little pissed because it says like a hundred bucks and I didn't really know he was even a one bump thing. He's like, do you want to open your yeah, yeah. I show up, I show up early to do a sound check, which is kind of annoying because it's stand up or whatever. Yeah. And like, all right, hey, yeah, it's good to be here. And I get on stage and there's like a, a piano on the stage. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, what's up with this piano? <laughs> and the, the tour manager's like, Oh, it's for the show? And I'm like, I don't remember him playing piano. And he looks at me like, weird. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I watched all that. I don't remember piano. <laughs> and then he goes, all right, well. And then I'm like, all right, well, what do you want me to say? And he goes, I'll oh, just say in Joe and Joey Bo. And I'm like, who's Bo? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Bo Burnham? And I was like, oh, no way, is he featuring? That's hilarious. <laughs> no, it's not fun. <laughs> uh, I love that story. What does that sense? Because the email said, read Joel McHale. It's not your fault. It's Yeah. Did you ever clear it up? Yeah, yeah, we got along pretty well after that. Sneaky tall Joe uh, Bo Burnham. Yeah, he's a gangle. Yeah, yeah. He's got a real gait on him. He's got like a like a Sasquatchian like <laughs> smoothness, but but awkwardness, right? Chris, could you show to, us a little Sasquatch? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. You want Gary Chris, wants the squatch. Chris is a master of of physical comedy, and I think whenever you have an opportunity, squatch. Am I gonna get a Yeti? That's like a, that's, I don't have a lot of room, but that's, that's what I could do with, but I feel, I feel like Bo Burnham sits down and he's like a la Kimbo, you know what I mean? He's, he needs like, he needs like eight armrests and like a, like a Ottoman. Car wash. <laughs> Did you say he's a car wash? You know, those things. That yeah. He's, yeah. He's like the, the inflatable guy, like the. This guy. Yeah. This guy. See the problem. I gotta switch to gallery view because if you don't make any sound, right. I don't see yeah, movement. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, Chris. Can you speaking of naked Yeti? Yes. Can you t have you told the story in the podcast about your your gig with Freddie Stone? I I don't think I have. I don't know. Maybe I did. <clears throat> Maybe I did. So yeah. So David and I were. Uh, I guess like in, in the in the sort of early 2000s, late 90s, there was a real classification of like um, alternative comedy versus like mainstream, right? You were one or the other. Mm -hmm. There wasn't really an in-between. It was like you were Eugene Merman or you were fucking, I don't know. Tim Allen. Yeah, Carrot Top. Um, we were like Carrot Top and Tim Allen. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, we you, you, guys, you kind of had like, you were certainly all comedy. Yeah. But you you were from Charlestown, and you weren't from you didn't go to gradeless colleges. <laughs> we we uh we just I think we just were who we were. You know what I mean? Like we were just trying to like there was a more edgy 
kind of of comedy. You we mean had, art school? Just, yeah. just to clarify, gradeless colleges is yeah. art school. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, people forget that uh, RISD, you know, the Rhode Island School of Design is still in Rhode Island, right? Like, it might be like an artsy-fartsy kind of place to go. Right, is it? I don't know. I think so. Um, but, like, you know, it's still in a blue-collar neck of the woods. I think, like, we just at some point realized that we were just going to do whatever we... I, I think comedians, you you either kind of follow a path where you tr you get a little bit more rigid or you just try and be creative and as funny as you could be and that we had a space where we could do whatever we wanted which is how i met all of you guys you know all these like, yeah. really funny people in boston and uh kelly mcfarland when we talked to her she ref always referred to it as our treehouse there were like you know escape hatches and you'd pop out and we'd do mm -hmm. characters and we could do whatever. Oh, especially the ib show the late show yeah yeah secret and and yeah. you know more to the point like in a more i guess more structured setting would be the comedy studio where we could also do whatever we wanted but more in like a structured kind of way like we would kind of mm -hmm. go over there and fuck around and headline but when we started to get out on the road we wanted to book gigs like anybody like it wasn't by our choice to be in the alternative the alt comedy universe that's just sort of what everyone put us in comics um, just go wherever they get booked yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted to we wanted to host at like, you know, the connection. You know what I mean? But they wouldn't have us in there. They would let us work on open mic night or whatever, but we wouldn't we couldn't get really gigs anywhere. And then somebody came and saw us, like a few people came and saw us and they started giving us shows that were at like you know, like the fucking Knights of Columbus or whatever. Like the road shows that you do. Yeah. And we got we got booked on this show in uh I forget exactly where it was. It wasn't, I don't know if it was Connecticut, but it was somewhere like that. It was like Connecticut, Western Mass. It was an Elks Lodge. I was I think it was at Jetniak gig. Yes, it was a Jetniak gig, yes. And so uh, so he asked us to come out. We drive out there, it's David and I, and we're opening for uh, Freddie Stone. Um, I guess this is where the Carrot Top reference comes in. He is, uh, he's a prop comic, I guess is, you know, to put it lightly. His uh his headlining sort of thing, his like feature, his like his like main bit is he has a, a torso of um a mannequin that he's like hollowed out and he's fashioned like he it's turned to the audience and it's got like um sheets over it like it's an old haunted house. <laughs> and, uh and then when you go up they go, Don't don't touch the sheets. Like people are like yelling at you, like multiple people will come up before Freddie Stone, like when you're featuring or opening and they'll go, Don't touch the sheets, you'll get into real trouble. And at the end of his act, he whips the sheets like he's like uh, off the thing. And you see that he's fashioned what he calls the ass cannon, um, which is a mannequin that shoots ping pong balls out of its ass. So mm -hmm. that's that's the sort of highbrow, you know, comedy that you're dealing with. Not that we, we're highbrow in any fashion, but we go up there and uh, it's it's an Elks Lodge. I remember I think it was Elks Lodge 2223 or something like that. And we made a joke off the bat that it was like, you know, we're, we're on our tour of Elks Lodges. We just came from, we're doing them in a row. We just came from Elks Lodge 2222. And nobody found that funny. Like, we thought it was hilarious. We were fucking dying. You know, even so just, we were like, stupid. it's so dumb. We thought it was hilarious. And uh, we we're like giggling. And people were just like, who the fuck are these idiots? You know, dumb Irish twins. And so at one point, we started, we're like five minutes in. I think we were supposed to do like 10 or 15. I think we were opening. 
and uh, uh, I go to take my, I had a long sleeve shirt on. It was like kind of like a spring kind of cool night, but I took the shirt off and as I took it, my shirt went up a little. You know how sometimes you pull it off and you're not, you can't pull it all off at once. And there was all a too well. huh? All too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all know that, fellas. And, uh, and there's like a <laughs> table right down front. The place was like an airplane hangar. And it was like they were naturally social distancing. There were these fucking huge tables. Oh. There weren't a ton of people at them. You know, an Elks gig. And this woman, she's just like, she just starts screaming. It was like the only response we got that was at all positive. She's just like, Woo! she's going nuts. And it's like just the crack of my like fucking, <laughs> fucking love handle. She loses it, and then I go, I just sort of laugh, and I look at my brother, and he already knows that I'm known for, like, doing whole shows naked. Like, I've done, like, none of these people have any idea that I would do this, you know? So I just say to her, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, well, I was like, I got the flop sweats, and I was like, if it continues to go badly, I was like, I'll, uh, maybe I'll take some clothes off for you, you know? I said that. She loses it again, like, her table screaming and yelling. The rest of the people are like, oh, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we do like another two minutes of material. Her telling you to be naked is like somebody yelling tater salad at Ron White. <laughs> my wheelhouse, baby. Yeah. Oh, it's like right there. I'm just, I'm just ready for it. Because at this point, I'm like, we've been on stage. It feel, it feels like you know how it's like two hours, but it's been five minutes. Yeah. And you're like, any excuse to end this, I just wanna, and I, and I kind of wanna win. Like, David and I were fucking assholes in that if the show wasn't going well, we would deliberately fucking basically, like, when we went to Edinburgh, <clears throat> we did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the promoter, if I can brag, he had promoted, like, the Rolling Stones and all this stuff, this fucking guy named, he was like a Mick, his name was Mick, <laughs> and he told us once, after a show, he's like, you kind of called us all cunts, uh, and I was like, we did yeah i didn't want to he my brother wanted to he wanted to call everyone cunts i wanted to do all the best sketches but that's kind of what we would do sometimes is like you can just fucking go for it and call the audience cunts so in this case we did another couple of jokes it didn't go well and david just sort of took a step back and he's like i'm just gonna go warm up the car we hadn't even finished <laughs> our like a lot of time and he just puts the mic on like the stool or whatever and then i just started doing like a you know i start pulling off my clothes one lady is just losing her shit and everyone else in there wanted to murder me and so what i did was i just did like the tuck i tucked it in like fucking uh you know like like uh what's that fucking silence of the lambs and yeah. um and i basically took my clothes off and i did like a jesus impression which also did not like if you could go lower than where yeah. i already was it's a this reference if you didn't do the Jesus thing, it probably just would have worked. Yeah, it might have, they might have liked it. You know, I might have, yeah, yeah. might have killed. It's a great note. So, uh, so what I did Not was I had it tucked. That's abiding by Elkslaw's rules. <laughs> oh, well, he's not really nude. But what, what, what it was was I tucked my ding dong in. I had the tuck on. And I basically was doing like the I'd fuck me from like the sounds of the lambs. And then, uh. And then I turn, and then when I went to leave, like I kept it tucked because I was like, all right, like you're thinking, Bulger, like, oh, they're not really seeing the dick. It's like my, you know, my pussy. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I, I had to collect my clothing and I just turned around. I gave him the twig and berries <laughs> on the other side for like a minute while I just collected my shit. And uh, <laughs> the thing of it is, is that Jetty Knack had already given us the money. 
Like he gave us the cash at the start before we ever went on. And I don't think he, I don't know if he had never seen us or maybe he had come seen us in our own environment, you know, where we weren't doing nudity and he was like real pissed and he wanted to have a debate with my brother. I was over getting like meatballs and like they had like a nice dinner that they- You stayed to eat? (laughs) Well, I was also nervous. I felt like, I felt like as soon as I went out into the parking lot- that I was going to get murdered. You know, I was like, that's the beginning of the unsolved mysteries. You know, they give this whole, give this whole setup. FW meatballs. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. and, I, and my thing too is like in situations like that, we used to have, um, David and I used to have a phrase called get the drink where if someone's yelling at you, we saw somebody do this once where they were just getting screamed at. And it was actually Joey Sanigat was yelling at this one guy who had gone on at the Comedy Connection on an open mic night and hadn't was like bombing and he wasn't talking at all and he just stayed up there. And when he came off stage, they were yelling at him and he basically was like, he just talked to them and we could see him from across the room. And Joey was real pissed and Joey just went into the kitchen and got the guy a Coke and then brought it back out and like handed it to him while they were yelling at him. And we thought that was brilliant. Like why are you getting yelled at if you start asking people for things? You don't know what to do. You know, so they're like, what do you mean? And you just, can I have a Coke? <laughs> like, can I just, I'm just going to go get. And so I went over and I got a plate of food and I started <laughs> eating it while he was yelling at us. That's so I'm like eating like raviolis and like spaghetti and fucking meatballs and like chicken wings. And the guy's yeah, like, just, that's not. That, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And David is just, so I'm doing it mostly for, you know, for David and, and, and the guy's screaming at us. And I'm just like, well, there's nothing I can say. Like it's indefensible. I'll let David defend me. And he's making like, it's an artistic choice. David's David's like really tooth and nail fighting with this guy. The guy wants his money back. We're like, well, we performed, you know, and I'm eating chicken wings and I'm just like, you know, he's my handler. He talks for me. You know, that one lady really wanted me to get nude. You know, I, I've, I've come around uh, over the years. Like I, I, at the time I thought it was like, I was like, yeah, we fucking, we got him. And then I thought about it as I've gotten older. It's like one of those things where you go, man, what a fucking prick I was. Those people just wanted to see a show, you know, and like we were, yeah, yeah. you know My what I mean? Like, like we see. couldn't, we couldn't do well. So I got nude. That doesn't really add up. You know, you can't do that no, in life. You created a memory anyway. People yeah. will tell that story as opposed to most comedy shows are among the most forgettable things. That's true. Especially yeah. like those Alpaji ones. You created, you, at least people are still talking about that. I, yeah, I mean, you know, sorry, Dan, Gary, I cut you off. Dan and I have, I mean, we've been through those uh, things a lot together. We get booked a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, golf clubs. What, what do you got? The, the dude, Jed, yeah, he had the weirdest gigs. Uh, one time he put like a curtain in front of a salad bar. <laughs> Um, did anyone come up and get salad while you were performing the people kept calling the salad bar i remember like a phone calling it i like who calls a salad bar there was a phone there and yeah it was like an old school ringy ring like real hard ring on it yeah uh he called us once and he was like me and mike whitman we're gonna get like 200 bucks each during the day, any day gig is awful, but you always take it because why not, yeah. right? Right. Uh, it, it's a uh, the wake. It's somebody's wake. Oh, oh my goodness! And I'm just talking to Mike. I've never said no to a gig to this day. Yeah. 
So like, yeah, I guess we'll do it. I mean, they don't, they don't even want us to be clean. <laughs> so we just figured it was like, we just figured it was like an old dude that, you know, his golf buddies are like, we'll have a couple laughs until we wanted to go out. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a real pistol. Yeah. Same deal. VFW. Yeah. Uh, in Lowell. Was the body there? So we have to be there at like 4.30. Yeah. Uh, still have an old school GPS. I put mm-hmm. in Chelmsford by mistake. I show up <laughs> I'm with Mike, so then we gun it to Lowell. We open the door to the VFW. We think it's going to be like all 70-year-olds. It's blaring rap music at like noon on a Wednesday. <laughs> and it's just, everybody in there is trash drunk, fucking horrible. And we're like, all right, we're looking around. We find a DJ. DJ also drunk. And we go to him like, hey, man, uh, we're the comedians. And he's like, what? <laughs> that's unbelievable what like, yeah he's just a dj oh the guy's brother's over there the guy's brother is like six kids around him kids are running everywhere fucking rap going like how the hell are you gonna do comedy in this kids are also a- drunk <laughs> we go to nowhere, like hey man yeah so we're the comics and he goes fuck that's right i forgot <laughs> <laughs> and we're like yeah, don't worry about it, man. We don't got to do this. But just out of curiosity, like, what? Sorry for your loss, but what happened? And he goes, you don't read the sun? And it's like, no, I don't read the fucking Lowell sun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Local newspaper. <laughs> so, yes. Apparently, the guy's like an ex-Marine, uh, like 32 years old. Oof. Uh, his stepdad won't let his son bring his dog over. He goes over to like, hey, give me the dog. And then that guy killed him. Wow. And they thought, let's get a couple comics. Wow. Who were the other? It was you and who else? Mike Whitman. That's hilarious. Good crew. How did it go? So this was like post-wake, right? Like, so they went and did the viewing of the body, but the body wasn't at the VFW, right? Yeah, there was no body oh, there. Okay. Maybe there was. I don't know. That would have made it better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what happened? Did you perform? No, but it was just another gig where I left with no money and no books. Ah. But at least you were in Lowell. <laughs> yes. At least it's nice to see 495. <laughs> I... I remember very clearly a gig that was not all that bad, but had the potential of death at it. And I think it was you and I at uh, in Marlboro at Firefly's Barbecue Restaurant for a, a woman who was getting money raised for her because she had cystic fibrosis. Do you remember this? You no. Had- you were headlining. I was opening. Um, she was very sickly. Um, cystic fibrosis, you get uh, your lungs filled with fluid. So it be, you have like this very sickly cough. Right. So real, real fun. And she was fucking cool. She was like this little redhead girl who was like, I love comedy. And don't let anyone tell you guys can be censored. Remember, she gave us like a little bit of a pep talk. She's like, I, w- I, I want fucking dirty <laughs> dark 
And we're like, okay, like we'll just do our thing. And her whole family and friends are there. And they were cool, but it was every time either one of us made a joke that hit, you would hear a lingering cough after the thing. And then everyone oh. would be like, uh, and she's like, I'm fine, fine. And she would like, keep, like green light you to keep going. <laughs> and I think you were on stage, you're like, you know, I want to kill a crowd, but I don't want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and she loved, she was like still game for it. She's like, you're hilarious. Couldn't like fucking talk. Ugh. I remember I did a gig for Annette Pollock. At oh, Jim. my favorite. Which is now, uh, I believe, a TD bank. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you can still tell it was like a restaurant, though. The, uh, <laughs> but I remember I was just on stage. I'm like, pretty new, but it's starting to go pretty good. And I like, did some laughs. And somebody's just like yelping. Like, I think I have hiccups. Like, <laughs> For like 20 minutes. And I'm like, really? Shit, I'm like, get some fucking water. <laughs> and as soon as I get off, and that's like, I forgot to tell you, there's a man with Tourette's. <laughs> she is something else. Gary, I thought the one you were going to bring up, you remember I brought you to open Bridgewater State for me, like an orientation week? Mm. Orientations, always fun. Nightmare. Being facetious, they're always terrible. Was I going there at the time? You were. Oh. It was an easy commute. And so, yeah, so it was a good thing, uh, Bulger, that you decided to bring Gary. So it was orientation week, and they put us in the cafeteria during dinner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was like just 600 people having conversations at once. Open oh. floor cafeteria at the um, – uh, it's like the new student rec center, so, like, they would call out your number – on the microphone, which was eight feet from this, just they put a platform next to a stereo system that they plugged wow. a shitty mic into. Perfect. Uh, yeah. All the lights that was, on. That was one of the many times where I brought somebody to open for me and then the opener did more time than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you did your time and I didn't do my time. There's something great about somebody going long and you're like, great. Just, oh, just keep, welcome. please keep going. Continue. I do not want to stand up there. You're killing. <laughs> always. Yeah, I did a gig with Lamont once. Lamont Price, and we were both supposed to do 25. And he's going first. And I remember texting somebody like, hey, Lamont's supposed to do 25. How much do you think he goes over by? And then I fucked up and I sent it to Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> He still went over. That's great. It's so funny. But oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you're doing well, keep going. Yeah. Why not? I'm a big believer in that too. Yeah, yeah. It so rarely goes well that when it when it does, we should get to savor it. Yeah, and your headliner is gonna do five minutes. <laughs> but they're gonna be five of his best minutes. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, I'd way rather do a tighter half than 45. Do you uh, go ahead, Chris, sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say uh because um Dan, you worked with your dad's construction company, right? Before you did comedy? I drove him around, yelled at me. 
Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, because, you know, I always forget to ask this question, but have you ever had, like, you've done, I guess this will be sort of a catch-all, anything maybe not comedy-related and or uh, entertainment-related that wasn't a stand-up show? You know, you did that, like, Byron Allen. Was it Byron Allen? Who, who'd you, you, you did a... Yeah, yeah, Byron Allen. Right. From what I remember, that, I mean, that wasn't, like, like an amazing show, right? The audience was kind of crappy, but you were taping... Like, have you had any bad uh, gigs that weren't necessarily just a stand-up show? Oh, I feel like that must have happened. Again, I don't remember a lot of things that have happened to me. Yeah, yeah. A specific <laughs> instance. I know uh, uh, yeah. the aforementioned James Patterson told me that you gave the finger to Byron Allen's studio audience. Oh, to his audience? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually had a lot of fun on Byron Allen's show. It was fake, but it still felt nice. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when everybody salutes Kim Jong-un and they're all worshipful, there's no way that doesn't feel good. Yeah, right. Right. We're, we're, we're hardwired to want to be dictators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Byron Allen came out, he did get like a very Kim Jong-un. They gave him like a standing O, like fucking right. everybody Ellen dancing and shit. And then he gets through this whole thing. It takes like five minutes and he sits down and the producer comes out and he goes, we didn't have the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's so. That's like a pilot losing the keys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when an all bets are off. Like when someone's like, "Ah, oh, we don't have the tripod," and then you're like, "Oh, these guys aren't professional. What do I give a shit?" Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how you get Jason Bourne. That's probably how all the fights came. <laughs> yeah, right. Shaky camera guys. It's, it's all it's all filmed like this. We have we have a shared story here that's not exactly a hellish gig, but what happened to you, I think, was as a result of your poor hosting abilities. Do you remember when you opened for Louis C.K. at the Somerville and then I did the next night? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could you tell it? And I'll fill in the blanks of what happened on my end. Yeah, I forget who I had opened for. I think I went for like a Z Sanzari or somebody like for a weekend once and he just didn't want an intro. Like you just do your time, get off stage. You don't right. have to build the guy up. We know who he is. So same thing with CK. I opened for Louis CK. I went to do like 15 minutes, Somerville Theater, awesome room, easiest thing ever. And then like after the set, I'm just like, hey, enjoy, enjoy Louis. And I just walk off stage and he doesn't come out. He stands next to me for like 10 seconds. And he goes, wait, was that my intro? <laughs> I like ran back on stage. And I'm like, he told me to keep it simple. But that, I guess that was bad. Yeah, that's so, hilarious. So in between that and the next night, I called Dan because he does that night. I think you did Saturday and I was doing Sunday. And this is like the first, this guy at the time, he was not a... Uh, uh, he was a hero. He was the greatest comedian yeah. around. Everybody right. loved him. Um, this is before we knew he was uh, a murderer. And uh, Dan Dan tells me what happened, and he's like, "Oh yeah, don't do what I did," uh, you know. And uh, and and I was super nervous. Uh, and I was this is like the this is like my the person that I I really idolized at the time, and um, I was I was. Remember, I was drinking Diet Cokes and, and having to pee so much in that fucking hundred-year-old basement with no towels. And I was practicing shaking his hand 
I was so fucking nervous. Oh, I was listening to Ride, Ride the Lightning by Metallica. So uh, I was in the bathroom. Um, my hands are wet because uh, I washed them. And this like fucking towel that was from 1904 was on the back of the door. It was so grimy. I was like, there's no way I'm fucking touching that. And I opened the door and he's just there. He's just kind of like in the room. And he's like, hello, uh, yeah. I, I'm Louie. And I said, I can't touch you. And he... <laughs> He kind of like was taken aback. And then I was like, and I went for a fist bump <laughs> and he gave me like a, okay. Uh, uh, so do your time, 15 uh, ish. Um, say thank you if you want. And um, that's it. And just introduce me, uh, say whatever. And I said, uh, yeah, I talked to my friend Dan, uh, who opened for you last night. Do you want me to do what he did? <laughs> and he goes, he didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I, yeah, yeah, he's he got right though. He doesn't need an intro. No, no you don't. Fucking see the guy. He really <laughs> That's right. Well, he didn't even need me there. I saw, I saw Joe List. Uh, open forum at the forum, and Louie was just doing people's intros off stage, like on like yeah. a mic, and he's like fucking around, you know, like introducing people, mm -hmm. and he does like dumb voices and stuff like that. It's you know, it's, it's fun and loose, but you're you know, it's in front of like I don't know, let's say ten thousand people, and then they kind of just go thank you, and then they walk off, right? Mm -hmm. And then Louie will introduce somebody else. Like I don't think they were doing a tag team thing. And then he had Todd Glass introduce him off stage. You know what I mean? So it was like all silly and goofy. Yeah. And it was like, nobody gives a shit and who cares? It's like, I think you're right. I think he's just going to come out and people are going to be like, it's fucking Louie. You know, like back then. He's not going to eat it. Yeah. No, people are there to see him. And it's like a 900 seat old awesome theater. And they're there to see fucking, you know, they're there to see Bruce. Yeah, they already bought the tickets. They're sold yeah. on who they, they're seeing. They just get the guy out there. Yeah, he really wasn't that big. There were people, like, scalping at that show. I had never seen that before. Yeah, for, like, three, 400 bucks. I almost didn't give my dad my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Paid my rent for the month. <laughs> I would have scalped off getting to open for him. <laughs> Dan, is there a gig that stands out in your mind is the worst gig you have ever done in your history of comedy the gold standard hmm one time i didn't go on one time i just left oh wow that's a good one yeah i don't come off good in the story i suppose yeah <laughs> uh i had done a series of shit gigs before mm-hmm I did a Spirit of the Sea. You remember that one? In Boston. Is that, is that like a, that's the boat? The big boat that goes up and has weddings and shit. I think there was a wedding above us. Mm -hmm. uh, it was with Frank Santarelli. Uh, and they had meetings with us before. Like it paid okay or whatever. Uh, the meetings were before, I'm like, look, there's a dance floor. You just have to have people in front of us. Just have people in front of us and the show will be pretty good. I show up, nobody in front of us, just dance floor people around us and in front of us all we see is like catering people setting up like shitty desserts 
And then I, I'm like five minutes into my act and a girl carrying Rice Krispies like takes them and turns around and doesn't even like change direction. Just like hits me in the shoulder and like walks by and puts it down. Uh, and then like the next week, same like long ride to Vermont. I had done the gig before. It's for a guy I really like, Kevin Harrington. Uh, yeah, I know Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I like good him. Good man. Yeah, good uh, But I was just in no mood, I suppose. I showed up, uh, show up, it's a gig in a tent or whatever, and there's like some hay on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an independent TV festival or something like that. Oof. So it's Peter Martin on the gig. I bought him a roast beef sandwich. And then <laughs> I'm like, hey, you guys are going to put some chairs down in the tent, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get some chairs. I show back up in two hours, no chairs. So now we're just doing a show for like a cocktail party. And I just, maybe I was tired or something, but I just lost it. And Peter Martin said he he saw me like 500 yards away, like in an abandoned parking lot, like just looking up at the sky screaming fuck. <laughs> oh, that's great. So then, I go up to Kevin, I'm like fuming. I'm too mad. I'm way too mad. This isn't even the worst gig I've ever done. <laughs> just go to him like, you know what, dude? I don't know how microphones work. So if that doesn't work, that's one thing. But I know how to put chairs down. I'm not doing the gig. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> He's like, well, let's still get you some money. I'm like, no, I don't want the money. And I just fucking get in my car. And I forget that I'm like in the middle of the mountains. So no cell phone reception. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to drive home the next day. So I just angrily don't even pay attention. I just start driving straight. I just kind of hope I'm going the right way. Uh, no phone reception forever. I end up in Troy, New York. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I just walk into a gas station and I'm like, how do you get to Boston? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just looking at me like I'm nuts or whatever. I drive home at no point on the ride home. I left for the gig at like two in the afternoon. I got home at like four in the morning. I made no money. Wow. And at no point on the way back did I have the radio on. No. <laughs> Just angrily driving. <laughs> Muttering. <laughs> like a oh maniac. <laughs> That's awesome. Just still mad. But it wasn't, it was, it was years of people. It wasn't that there were no chairs at that one. It's years yeah. of people not putting chairs out. It got, yeah. caught up with you. God, it's fucking, I've, so comedy is three things. A stool, of fucking mic, some chairs. That's it. Like, uh -huh. Get out of the way for the rest. People generally sat near. That's what's going to be tough about yeah. shows. If people aren't near the stage, <laughs> it usually doesn't go that well. No. I've, I've come to expect more from the ITVF. Sorry, you pixelated. Oh no, I was it was a dumb joke. And it was I waited too long. I was I said I've come to expect more from the ITVF. <laughs> the independent TV festival in Vermont. Oh that I've never heard yeah, of yeah. until now. <laughs> that was a long wait for that joke. Um that is uh something else. I did a gig once in Vermont that was like on, you know, it was just idyllic, beautiful ed edge of a golf course, like little, uh, you know, it was like a place where, like a restaurant, but it was like kind of like part of the golf course, you know, it was like just idyllic. 
And then yeah. there are just little kids sitting like right down front. And I was like, I don't know what to do here. Like I like half of my jokes at this point were about like, you know, my asshole. You know, I was like, I don't know how to go up and perform clean for these six-year-olds. So I, I think I just did Muppet impressions for them. Because I was like, I can play to I can play to the whole crowd and they're older, or I can play to the little kids right at the front and entertain them, and I feel like that will be entertaining. You gotta go to the up front. Yeah. You sat them there. I'm not like so I'm not like I have all of my stuff is just filthy because I keep don't know how to write jokes. I was like a year in. And so I just did like Grover impressions and like just kind of like dumb Muppets that I knew how to do, you know? I just did like that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, you would have started after Gary. Now, Drew Dunn. I remember Drew. We did a gig in New Hampshire that was like a campground like that. It was all fucking kids up front and then just drunk adults in the back. But they told mm. us to be dirty. They didn't care. <laughs> And then it was like a, a really, it was, it was where like, you sense like everybody was on vacation from like Fall River. Yeah. It was like a campground, yeah. fucking in the woods kind of thing. And after the right. show, one dude, he's like, you want to go smoke some weed by my trailer, man? Like, All right. <laughs> we just go into the woods and it turns out this guy's like not vacationing. Like he lives in the woods. Right. He has his mail <laughs> delivered to the woods. Him and his brother. His brother's got the good trailer, and he's got like a shit one. And he goes into his brother's trailer and showers and shit. Ain't that the way? And he's like, "But yeah, man, we'll smoke some weed. I got a bonfire we can start. Fire <laughs> <laughs> pit. I got this killer fire pit. And I'm like, we'll smoke. I don't know about the fire pit. I don't know how long we'll be here. So we go in. He gives us like a half drank bottle of Jaeger. It's gross. And then smoke some weed. He just starts the fire disappears and he comes back with an acoustic guitar and he starts playing stone temple pilot songs righteous <laughs> it's pretty righteous <laughs> <laughs> and then after a while he just looks at me and drew he's like drunk as shit he gets kind of sad and he goes see this fire pit right here this is the best fire pit in the forest <laughs> i swear this on the life of my daughter <laughs> Oh my God. Who I haven't spoken to in many years. But I still love her very much. <laughs> I think I just caught Corona. <laughs> I haven't spoken to you in many years. Why would he need to tell you that? <laughs> he wanted to make it sadder. And you forget most of the sentences about the fire pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's more proud of the fire pit. You'll never leave me, fire pit. <laughs> you don't. You're not looking to go to college. Fire pits never sued me for alimony. I'll tell you that. Make it as big as I want. I sold your Christmas <laughs> this bottle of Jaeger. Oh my God. I love a, I love a New England dirt bag. You gotta. Oh yeah. You gotta. Uh, it's probably still but there. At one point, he told me that we had to quiet down because one more complaint, he was gonna get evicted. Oh wow. There's no way he's not convict evicted yeah. right now. He's convicted out. and evicted. He's too rowdy for the woods. <laughs>
Oh my God. Dan, uh, it is, it has been a pleasure. Chris, do you have any final remarks or questions? Requests I no no for final remark. I mean, this is a, it was a real hoot. Thanks for uh, <sighs> joining us. Um, this is the finest hour of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, well, truly. I, I would have to agree. That's what our, we should go with that with the title. Our finest hour. Yeah. That's fun. I like that. We're still looking for a title. You guys sinking on a ship. Yeah, (laughs) that is fun. Rearranging the deck chairs. You know the, the, you talk about the Titanic, right? The the Titanic, Mm -hmm. the the band, their playlist. I looked up their playlist and what they were playing (laughs) as it went down. It was like Turkey in the Straw. Oh, really? You know the ice cream truck song? Yes. <laughs> they, just like, kept, they just kept that on a loop? I mean, didn't it take like a couple hours for the ship to sink? It was one of their just, hits. People were like, I, gotta, I can't wait to fucking die. I just heard turkey in the straw for an hour and a half. Let's lighten it up. Did <laughs> they <laughs> until the thing cracks? I don't know. No, because at that point vertical right I think, the, yeah they probably when fell the guy off. bounced off the propeller it just was like a great ending to the turkey in the straw for an hour and a half it was like turkey in the straw pling <laughs> you can pick any comedian of all time to be the cruise ship comedian on the titanic oh wow that's a good one um my problem is i can't remember any comedians names we right. talked about this earlier. Yeah, I can't even remember your name. Um, Shane Moss. Uh, Shane Moss. You really hate that Shane Moss, don't you? Um, he's our <laughs> guest next week. A Shane on next week? No, no, I can't, but we should get him. Yeah, we should get him next week. We'll give him a ring. and He's he's in a third dimension. We'll try. He, he is. We'll send him some shrooms, and or maybe we'll take shrooms, and then we'll interview him in the other dimension. We dress he's up like purple leaves. For two weeks in the fall. He what? Stayed at my place for two weeks. Oh, okay. That's nice. It's just a casual two weeks. I love I Yeah, love yeah. I was terrified I was going to go home and he was going to be talking to the devil or some shit. <laughs> <in the> fucking... <laughs> for those that don't know, Jay Moss, very funny comedian, uh, psychedelics uh, enthusiast, and uh, what's his show called? It's uh, it's very funny. It's uh, where you combine. Have a good trip? Good trip, yes. Yeah. And he talked to so you combine psychedelics, comedian, scientists all together. They do Michael Caine impressions. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Dan. Um, I w- that's where I would normally bust out my Michael Caine, but it's been done enough. Hello. Yeah. Give, it a, give, give us oh, one. Michael give us- Caine. Oh, Michael! I just keep saying his name over and over. Could you introduce Dan Bulger as Michael Caine? Like, uh, if you're you're hosting the comedy show and Dan's or outro the show as Michael Caine, I think that's a way to perfectly end. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) you have been listening to us here on our finest hour, and we've been with Daniel Bulger. It's not a very good Michael Caine. I loved it. People say I just sound like a person who hit with like a thick Boston accent, just trying to do the impressions. Um, But yeah, you're doing Chris Walken. Yeah. Well, my Christopher Walken is just I'm Christopher Walken. (laughs) See, I just say the name over and over again. Um, Bulger, thank you. (laughs) Oh, you. Oh, I see. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he's the greatest. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Bulger. I've been Chris Walsh. That is Gary Peterson. Thank you for joining us.